issue report. See if you're oh, perfect. Right. Yeah, because this tells you to record. Okay. Tells you to Thank you. Jackie, where's Jenna? <laughs> Mrs. Robertson. Mrs. Robertson. Oh, okay. Jenna's birthday is this week. I expected her here today. Jackie's birthday is next week. And Leona's birthday was last week. Happy birthday, everyone. Yeah. Okay. So last week we started. <coughs> It's okay. It's okay. So anyway, hi guys. Hi. Welcome new people. You've been here before though. Once? Yeah, I remember the face. I remember the face. Welcome, welcome. That's what I thought. Hi guys. Welcome, welcome. So last week we started on um, on the four wheels of God. Um, Emerson Egerichus. I don't know how do you pronounce it. Egerich or Egerichus? Egerich. It's got an S at the end. That's then why have it? <laughs> Sorry. Good morning. All right. So, um, as with anything, I mean, I we really are liking the book. And um, last week's discussion, we kind of went a little all over, got a little philosophical, and um, this week we're going to start focusing a little bit more. The premise behind Emerson Egerich's uh, teaching is that there are, um, how do I say this, there's lots of instances in scripture that talk about God's will and knowing what God's will is, but essentially if you follow these four tenets, um, that you'll be walking in God's will. And the tenets are believe in Jesus Christ, abstain from sexual sin, give thanks in everything, and submit in doing right. That those four, if you get them down, all the rest naturally fall into place. Okay? Um, we discuss that when we walk in obedience to those, that we open opportunity for God's will to be fulfilled in our life. Now, I didn't say that when we walk in obedience, then we will walk in complete Okay, but we open opportunity. There's still other things that can get in distraction. Today we're going to be talking about um, God's universal will and his unique will for us. And one of the things you might not like, all right, but scripture tells us, Matthew 7:21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. What do you guys think of that verse? <laughs> Lord, Lord, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, 
but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. It's, it's scary, but I think that there's another part of it that uh, makes it liberating. Because many times for us as human beings, we, we like to live in the shadows of gray area. And I think that Jesus makes it very plain that the path is that the will of the Father is the path. That we need to be that we need to be following. So in a way, it's liberating because you don't have to kind of walk around and say, "Oh, you know, what, what do I do? What you know, what does God want me to do?" But Jesus is making it very clear. But as Leona said, on the other hand, it's kind of scary. It's a very scary um, statement. The first that was um, Matthew seven twenty one. I just happened to, uh, last week as I started um, taking care of some personal things at the house, I put on a Nigerian movie, and I, I, a Christian movie, and this was the topic of the movie, and, and uh, kind of the different examples that were used really, made, really brought it home um, in that it, it added the elements of um, did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not do these things in your name? And he says, depart from me, I never knew you. Uh, so that element, this element, uh, brought it to light. And it just shows, like like Joe said, about the the edges of, or the shadows or the the how far can we how far how far off the middle can we walk on and still be in your grace. Mm -hmm. This week we in our small group that you and I are in, we, uh, we had in film, we had this statement uh, in a notebook that said, you know, grace cannot forgive unconfessed sin. I've been thinking about that. And I and I have a little challenge with that, but I would say definitely grace cannot forgive unrepented areas of our lives. If we're insisting on not, because you may have something that you don't know to confess, mm -hmm. but when you know that this is, I'm walking the edge, or I'm, I'm dealing in areas in my life, I'm allowing, oh, grace will cover it, right? When I know it's, it's, it's as plain as the nose on my African face, right? That this is not of God. We can't expect the grace of God to cover it. When you're convicted, yeah. you need to make a change. That's what conviction is about. When you're condemned, then you will actually walk in more gray areas because condemnation, the difference between condemnation and um, conviction, condemnation keeps us trapped and actually keeps us further from God's truth. All right. Um, Pastor Sermon today, he says, you are not a product of what you do. Well, wait a second. You're telling me that if I lie continuously, I'm not a liar? The world would tell me I am a liar. Right? You agree? Am I a liar if I lie continuously? Okay. But is that the truth? I choose to lie. I choose to lie. And there's lots of reasons why I choose to lie. It could be because I've got approval issues. It could be because I'm so fearful. It could be because I'm so hurt. Because I'm, yeah, you, and I'm not saying, by the way, that I'm a liar. Okay. Um, all right. But in that circumstance, 
I choose to lie, but I'm not a liar. Who am I? In Christ, I am a chosen child of God, a new creation, created to do good works. So when I sit there and someone catches me in a lie and starts, you know, berating me and all this other stuff and I start condemning myself, I'll never get over the, the ability to stop lying. All I am is a liar. I need to learn how to tell the truth. I'm not listening to the truth. And because I'm not listening to the truth, I'm walking outside of God's will. Does, does that all make sense? So the issue isn't whether or not I'm lying. The issue is, why am I lying and what am I telling myself with respect to those lies? Okay. So, um, I want to bring out, um, okay, another verse. First uh, John 2.17, the world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. What do you guys think of that verse? The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. How serious is walking in the will of God? <laughs> it does have. It has eternal consequences. I have a, a, a surprise for some of you. We all will live forever. Believe it or not, we all will live forever. Exactly. One place or the other. Okay? So when we're talking about walking in the will of God, I mean, right now, these verses, these things, it's kind of like, oh, man, I'm messed over. I'm going to have problems here. You know, because walking in the will of God, if I make one error, I'm talking about eternity in a place that I don't want to be. Because if I think life here is tough, it's going to be a lot worse there. <clears throat> so, I mean, uh, you know, Joe talks about the gray area. So my question is to you guys, do you feel like God's will is... Walk in his will. Oh, 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 no. How big is God's will? How broad is God's will? Is it gray areas? Is it not? You know, I think uh, Paul said last week he was talking about, um, you know, hearing the voice of God. You know, if we hear the voice of God and do it. And then I think of other individuals, some that have mental illnesses even, that hear the voice of God and tell them to do all these things that are not the voice of God. You know, I, I have people that, or I know of people, I should say, that um, most would consider good Christians. You know, that they heard God say, you know, that they've got to leave their family, you know, and go on a missions trip. Right? Meaning their family is left with no source of income, but they're to a higher calling. Okay. Is it possible? Is it not possible? I'm not going to question whether or not they rightly heard the word of God, but from my perspective, it's not the fullness of God in that circumstance. Joe? Well, I think that goes back to, you know, one of the things that um, is very critical when we talk about is to know the Word of God for yourself. Um, I think that many times, you know, when people make statements of that, there's, there's an indication that they um, 
but they don't really, they don't have a understanding of the word of God from a standpoint of God's will, God's character, God's nature. I think that's very important in order to, especially when you're talking about the word of God, you're not going to, without having that knowledge, you're not going to have, you're not going to know the word of God. And so that's what gets you into the gray area, you know, with the thing, well, I heard God say, you know, or, you know, I heard God say, leave my, you know, I need to leave my wife because I married the wrong person and the real, the right person that I should have married, I didn't. So God said, leave that person, go marry that person. Okay, well, you don't have a really good understanding in terms of the word of God and the nature of God, right? And so again, that becomes the gray area that we begin to start walking in. We start to distort God's truth and cherry pick his word. So what you're saying then is when we get those kinds of messages, we're supposed to compare that with the word. It needs to fit the rest of scripture, the rest of who God is. The key word, the totality of the rest. Yes. The totality of the rest. Doesn't line up with scripture. Like the example Joe said, I'm supposed to leave my wife and go do whatever or marry a different person because I married the wrong person. That doesn't match up with what scripture says on any level. So then how can that word that we got? And at the same time, there are circumstances where what the world would think even in line of scripture. I mean, I'm not going to be contradictory, okay? But this is the deal. We don't know the universal will of God, okay? There's two different types, the universal will and his unique will for us. The universal will... Um, leads us to his unique will. And I'll explain this in a second. But the verse um, that I'm looking at is 1 John 3, 21 and 22. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. God, in his ultimate will allows the unique will to come forth in our life. And I want to look at Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. If we're looking, actually let me step back for a second. How many people said I want to know what God's will is for my life? Just write it on this piece of paper, put a neon sign out, and I'll be happy to walk it. Right? Anyone else ever say anything like that? Okay. And early on, I was kind of taught that that's kind of a wrong perspective because that's still putting me center. It's still putting me center. When I say, Lord, I want to know what your will is for my life, all right, so that I can walk out what you want. Sounds really, it sounds good, right? Anyone have a problem with that? I want to know what your will is for my life because my life is more important than your will. It's included in that. Your will is included in that. But it's up to me to be able to walk out the one thing that you want me to do. You think? 
And that's really what it is. That type of thinking. And oftentimes in that I want your will to be done in my life, so I want to be able to walk it out. I'm really saying to God, as long as it looks like this. As long as you give me the blueprint, but I'm going to ask and put a few change orders in because I really don't like the kitchen over here. I prefer it over here. God, you know I'm left-handed. Okay, so it would really be more efficient for me to have it like this. So I am going to do your blueprint, Lord, but I'm just going to make this little change. And I think, just to interject, uh, is that, yeah, we might want it like that, but I don't think in a lot of ways we can handle it like that. What I mean by that, God put out everything that he would have me to do right there, and I can see it before it comes. Then if I'm not careful, I'll allow some of that to maybe puff me up, maybe intimidate me, maybe make me want to go this way, put my own twist on it. Because the funny thing about scripture is that there's scripture in here that I can line up to justify every action I want to do. That's right. <laughs> You're absolutely so, so, true. So I can come back and say, that's the word, man. That got to be the will of God. So, and I if mean, you can't you find it in one version, you'll that. find it in another, right? Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, I don't know, because God knows what's best for us. And sometimes it's not apparent until we're faced with it and react the way or respond the way that he would have us to react in that moment, right when it's there. Does walking in God's will automatically bring blessings? No. I'm sorry? And I'm going to go so far as to say it was also a blessing for Christ. Okay. It was a blessing for Christ because his love for us was so grand. I mean, I know for me, all right, I love my children. And I have sacrificed, and any parent in here knows, I have sacrificed physically, financially, emotionally, all right, pretty much any way I could because I wanted to see their joy, because I wanted to see them be blessed. And I believe part of Christ's sacrifice. Yes, it was for our ultimate um, benefit, but I think he also was willing to sacrifice to see the joy and to see the possibilities. Um, Paul, you were going to say something? Uh, yeah, going back a little bit, but that prayer you were talking about, show me my, your will for my life, and then Carrie taking that kind of stuff. There's another prayer that I hear a lot that scares me, frankly. And that's, Lord, close the doors on the stuff you don't want me to do and open the doors on the stuff you do want me to do. That opens, it opens the door for cherry picking. Um, and, you know, does it mean that you're saying, God, if you make it easy, I'll do it? Um, can, 
Can I borrow you guys, uh, you guys' testimony, your first cleansing stream retreat? Mm-hmm. Getting there, there were difficulties, correct? Yeah. Fires and that yeah. kind of stuff. We shouldn't have gone. Yeah, you could have said, oh, that's a closed door, I'm <laughs> out of here. Um, it's, it's a glaring example of, yeah, when we pray that prayer. No, 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 no. It's, it's Lord, open the doors where you want me to go and close the doors where you don't want me to go. Um, I'm not saying it necessarily exactly right, but it makes it so that, yeah, very much we can cherry pick. But also, uh, maybe the way is difficult. If Jonah said it, you know, and then God said, okay, go to Nineveh, by all accounts, a scary place, he could have said, no, that's a closed door, right? We can, we can put our knowledge, our heart, if you will, into the decisions that aren't necessarily what God wants. So that, that prayer scares me when I hear people saying that. It's a good point. It's a good point. You know, Jeff? I, I think it it also comes from the heart of the person, the heart of where that prayer is being said from, right? Because if if my desire, if my heart's desire is to follow the will of God, no matter where that leads me, whether it's hard, difficult, whatever, then I understand that. And then this is the other part in terms about blessing, that the will, walking in the will of God will bring blessing, right? That that's in the word is true. The issues that we have with that is that we always want to put our interpretation on what blessing is. Exactly. Right? So if, if I, you know, if I do all these things that God says that I should do, then I will be in a position where I should never be hungry or painful. I shouldn't go without because that's God's blessing. Well, yes and no. But the the idea when you go back to the Garden of Gethsemane, right, which Jesus, what Jesus did was a perfect model because when he gets there, right, and this is Jesus before right before mm-hmm. the, before time began he knew it was going to happen mm-hmm. but he gets to that point and he says if there's any other way right so now he's confronted with the cross right and this is the son of god saying if there's any other way that we can pull this off is basically what he's saying if there's any other way we can pull this off let's let's do that so he's so and as right. human as he kind of exactly. hit the wall and said, uh, I don't think I want to do this. Can I do a U-turn? It's the perfect point of our humanity because he gets to that point and he realizes this is going to be really difficult. This is going to be hard. It's going to be painful. And he utters that, right? Not for himself, but for us, right? To let us know that there are times in our lives that we're going to get right up there against the wall and we're going to go, God, if there is any other way that I don't have to go through this pain, I don't have to go through this hurt, I don't have to deal with this situation, there's any other way, can I please get out of this? And then he says, nevertheless, not my, my will, but thy will. So when you pray that prayer, if you're in that place, right, of realizing that no matter what happens, that the, the place that I have to be 
is in the will of God. And that ultimately, no matter what happens, I may end up, I may end up doing that thing and I may suffer loss. Right? But in God's idea, in God's vision of eternity and in God's vision of eternal plan, I may have suffered loss then, but I win. I still win. I always win. If I if I'm able to see it from that perspective. And very, very true. And I think that's one of the things that this study will actually help us with is because too often we're caught up on all right, Lord, is it your will that I wear the red underwear today or the pink underwear? You know, and I really need to know which underwear to wear. You know, or I need to know what to cook for dinner or which job to take or where to move or <coughs> medically, what do I do? I've got decisions to face. Financially, what do I choose? All right, that we want the one way and we're forgetting about God's universal will. His universal will is something that we don't know exactly all of it, what it's going to look like. We know that there's going to be wars, rumors of wars. We know from Revelation, this world that we know as earth, okay, is not going to look pretty. It doesn't look pretty now, but it's actually going to look more ugly. All right? It's got to come. Why? The second coming, the new heaven, the new earth. So do we pray for everything to look nice, hunky-dory, and everyone? Or do we ask for God's will to come, which means it's going to be trial and tribulation? That's so true, because I was struggling with some things with my supervisor, and then the opportunity came where she was removed, and now I'm acting supervisor. So... Everyone's been asking me, where are you going to apply for it? You got to apply for it. And then one of my Christian coworkers, we were talking about it. And I said, you know what? I said, I'm really going to trust God with this. And if this is what God wants me to have, then he'll open up that door. But then I left it saying, now, remind me of this if I don't get it. Because I think we forget. We say, let God's will be done. And then after he says, okay, that's not a direction I want you to go in right now. Then I'm stuck complaining, well, why not? Well, why did she get it? Why didn't I get it? You know, so that's why I was asked by a coworker. Remind me of the conversation we just had. You know, if nothing else should happen. I think I, in, in line with what Elaine said, and said not to contradict my husband, but to give another perspective on that, that will be done, is that's another cop-out prayer for us most of the time. I think that there are many aspects of God's <clears throat> universal heart, not necessarily his will, but his heart that we are aware of. So that when I see sickness, I need to pray help. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily need the question. Some would say I need to question what is God's direct plan for this person. Well, God's heart was never for sickness. Otherwise, he would have created Adam and Eve sick. Mm -hmm. So I don't question that. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's not able to use a testimony like Johnny Erickson taught us, mm -hmm. right? Where she, she's crippled and she paints beautifully, she teaches, she provides wheelchairs to families that cannot afford wheelchairs through her ministry. But I think we also have to be careful when we pray, thy will be done, because a lot of us pray that in all circumstances. 
But when we look again at Jesus's life and his testimony, what did he do? How did he live? I think we have to look back at those scenarios for the scenario in which we find ourselves and recognize that when Jesus pulled the nevertheless, your will be done, we need to recognize that that particular circumstance so that we pray in the same vein. It doesn't necessarily mean we have to be being crucified or I'm not saying it has to look like we're being uh, persecuted for our faith for us to pray that, but we need to know where our own heart is when we're praying that. So let me see if I can put that in context, yes. and I agree with you. If I'm praying for someone for healing, okay, and I'm praying, well, Lord, your will be done, and that person dies, does that mean that's God's will that that person died? Does it mean that I didn't have faith enough for the prayers, or they didn't have faith enough for the healing? Or is it just the product of sin in this world? So when we're adding your will and we have that unexpected or unhoped for outcome, it doesn't mean that that's his universal will and he's choosing. Is that your point? That's my point because a lot of times we we add that to a prayer and then we blame God for the result. It's our safety. It's our safety. It's our safety. Instead of being, being willing to do what Blaine does and say, well, you know, yeah, if the Lord opens the door, I'm going to step through it. But if it doesn't work out that way, and my heart's desire really is for this position, you know, that I'm not going to be standing in a place of judging God because I didn't open. And that's, um, and, and that's a frequent thing that we do as well. I think um, for me, we have to accept that some prayers will just be unanswered. Mm-hmm and be okay with that. And I think it actually develops our faith to believe God, to continue to believe God. It's not that he won't answer, it's the sovereign will. Like, I, I think I remember hearing Tony Evans say that. He just recently lost his niece, and him and his family were sharing about the lost, and he was saying some things just have to know um, that it is God's not will that they die, but your faith increases in that. It's not, you just know in the back of your head, you know God can do it. He can do it if he wants to, but just some prayers will be unanswered. Not that he can't can't answer your prayer, but it, it does something with your faith. It, I'm gonna, it's either you're going to believe him or you're not. I, he can or he cannot. I'm going to rephrase that he doesn't. I, I believe personally that he does answer all prayers, but it not is necessarily in our time or in our eyesight that we see that answer. You know, because I do believe that he does answer prayers. He answers all of our prayers. You know, um, so for me, it's like it's not a matter of he's not answering the prayer. He's answering it in a manner that I'm not understanding because his universal will is bigger than my finite mind. (laughs) When you say God heal and then they die, you still have to believe that God can heal. God can heal. Exactly. David? Pardon my voice, but it's kind of messed up. I was thinking back to 20 years ago when my mom passed, and we prayed that exact prayer that you're talking about. Dear Lord, please heal her. Um, but you do your will. And it was hard after she passed because he chose to take her home. But 
And I don't know that I can say, oh, well, yes, it was God's will that she get sick and die. But I think it was God's will that he took her home instead of continuing on with who knows what. We don't know what the rest of that life would have looked like if she had stayed here. Sure. Um, maybe it was his will, and that was better for her with his knowledge of knowing what was down the road if she if she had, uh, if the cancer was uh, was healed and put into remission. You know, we don't know what that was like. So you almost have to, by faith, say, "Okay, Lord, I do trust that you know what you're doing. Maybe this is your will." And now, 20 years later, I can look back and say, "Yeah, some pretty great things have happened because of Mom's passing. Things that probably wouldn't have happened had she stayed, had she stuck around, and or had he miraculously healed her." I don't think her sister would have come to the Lord. Her sister has since come to the Lord. Um, all of those things have happened after her passing and because of that. So, yeah. Thank you. And that brings me to another point. And, and when we look at God's universal will, He is not just looking at us as individuals here in this room, but He's looking at us from the time of the Egyptians to the time of alien invasion. And I don't believe in aliens, but I'm just, you know, I don't know what the next societies are going to look at, look like. When we, we look at what happened during the time of Pharaoh and everything else like that, that was all a precursor and a setup to the deliverance of the Israelites, which then led to the deliverance of all through Christ. Back when Egypt was happening and all of the Israelites were enslaved, he had us in mind. So what happened to those poor slave individuals that got mistreated, got killed, got died, got died, excuse me, unfair, harsh deaths play into what we have today. <clears throat> and, and I don't want to say, I mean, Look at the sin that led to Christ's death. He was unjustly, unfairly tried and found guilty. All the people out there that yelled, crucify him, crucify him. Okay? All unjust, harsh, horrible things that were actually in the universal will of God. Not saying that God advocates sin, but he uses it. Okay, so his universal will. Matthew 10, 29. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of the Father. Hebrews 21, 1. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. He directs it like a water course wherever he pleases. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things um, that are revealed belong to us. Let me repeat that verse. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us. Do you see the universal will and the unique will there? Unique will, and actually I wrote this down last night. Ron and I had a conversation. And um, kind of this summary, universal will is for the truth to be presented. 
The unique will is how it is presented. Does that make sense? No? Okay. It's, thank you for your honesty. God's universal will. He wants the truth. Right? He wants the fullness of the truth. What is the truth? God is good. All right? Sometimes God's goodness is presented in bad situations. That's unique will. What happened, what David was sharing about his mom. All right? His mom died. Did she have to die? Did she, you know, not going into all of that, but one of the results of her death, that bad circumstance, the unique will of God, was that others came to Christ. That's the truth presented, um, how it's presented differently. The universal will involves the ultimate plan of God for his children and his kingdom. Again, the days of revelation will come if they're not already here. There will be wars, prosecution, uh, destruction, but there's also going to be a new kingdom, a new heaven, and a new earth. All of these are part of God's universal will. So I can speak to everyone here. God's universal will is that there be love in our life. God's universal will is that there will be healing in our life, not just physically, but also emotionally and spiritually. Okay? God's universal will, we will have neighbors that will love us and we will love others. Okay? Yes, even those in the house you live with. <laughs> oh, Paul, there you go. <laughs> she wasn't looking at her parents with her Okay, eyes. not that one. The actual neighbors. Okay, that works. So when we look at, we look at life, oftentimes we stop at, our, at God's unique will, and we don't go to his universal will. And that's where our eyesight needs to always stay. We need to stay at the universal will. So when we're stuck in that job that really stinks, when we're dealing with the nagging whoever, okay, whether it be the boss, the spouse, the kids, the in-laws, the, the neighbors, the okay, when we're dealing with that, all right, are we going to look at God's universal will or his unique will? And I say we have to always keep an eye on the universal will. But his unique will, what is it? His unique will. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. All right, uh, we're counseled by God in Psalm 32:8. We're guided by Him, Isaiah 58:11. Our paths are made straight, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Jeremiah 29:11. I know the plans I have for you, plans for to prosper and not to harm, plans to give you a hope and a future. Okay, all of the above are promises for God's life for us, for us as individual. All right. But too often we put the responsibility on God. God, you need to change them. God, I'm done with this. I'm done with it. You, you got to do something with them. Okay? So God, it's your responsibility to fix the things around me so that I'm living in a happy place. Anyone identify with that? <laughs> okay? It's like, you got to fix them. But God's universal will says... He wants to work on us uniquely. Us uniquely. Yeah, he'll work on him. He'll work on her. But he got to work in me first. All right, so Lord, what's your unique will? Well, we forget Psalm 66, 18. If I regard wickedness in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Ow. 
Proverbs 28, 13. Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Okay. Mark 11:25. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Those are kind of hard. We make presumptions about God. He is forgiving. He is merciful. But the presumption is it's more about us dictating to him what should be rather than us realizing that he wants us so that he therefore can. Does that make sense? Lord, if I, if I, if I put in my 25 cents, you're going to give me that candy bar. I did this. Lord, I tithe faithfully. Why'd you make me lose my job? Lord, I tithe. So I ought to be getting more money in the bank, right? That That's one of the common ways that we tend to make it about us rather than about um, about God. When we look at scripture, and I really could spend a lot of time putting out scripture, that could really, well, anyone ever hear of John Bevere? Yes. Okay. I love John Bevere. I absolutely love him. And some of the most transformational um, teachings that I've ever heard have come from him. And I think we probably have just about everything that he's published except for his latest stuff. Okay? And there became a point where I couldn't listen to his stuff anymore because I was sure there was no way I was going to make that little fine line to be able to get into heaven. Because he consistently brings out the scriptures that bring conviction. And because I was listening to it as a very fine line, God's will for my life is this, and unless I'm walking it exactly this way, I'm going to fall off into the abyss of hell. Because narrow is the road, right? Few will enter. All of these are truths. They're truths of scripture. Joe, you talk about walking in gray areas. I used to think that God's universal will and his unique will is a boundary no bigger than this room. If I stray too far from it, I'm going to... Okay. What I really think it's like is more like a football field. There is a definitive out of bounds. Okay, but if you're consistently playing... By the out-of-bounds, okay, yeah, you're running on the sidelines, all right, you're, you're running in danger ground, all right, I'm not a big football fan, but I think everyone can, can understand the analogy, when it's out, it's out, all right, and it takes one trip, and you're out, it takes one pebble, and you're out, I'd rather play center, and understand, you know, <laughs> that God has a wider boundary than we think and in this study we're going to learn how to stay in those bounds by understanding more in depth what God's will is
So how many people are totally lost at this point? I'm just, I'm having trouble with this study. I don't know why. I think okay. it's, um, I don't know, maybe more, I know you're giving examples, but I'm, I'm just, maybe, maybe I'll tell you what I think you're saying. Yeah. Um, so like on the question of healing, um, God's will is that we would be whole, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Mm -hmm. So, if what you're saying is what I'm saying is goes along with that would be His universal will for us. Okay, but His unique will. I think of my dear friend um, Dory, and um, she found out she had stage four cancer. And she only had two months to live. And uh, that's what the doctor said. But she said, no, I can't lose. She said, I either get healed here or I get healed mm -hmm. and go to heaven. I can't lose. I'm going to be healed. Mm -hmm. And she lived the rest of her life with so much joy and, Amen. and was such an inspiration to so many. And um, serving, you know. <laughs> still serving and just a joy and um, the Lord took her home in about six months instead of the two and um, and that was I can't say that that wasn't I would be hard pressed to say that wasn't God's will to take her home you know I think that that was just how that unique will of God played out it didn't mean that anyway yeah, I mean, I think I think that his unique will for us definitely plays into his universal will. It, they're not. We can't separate his unique will from his universal will, but we focus too often on the unique will and forget about the universal will. And is the but is the unique will just like? What is the unique will? The unique will is the specifics that happen to us. So I know the specifics. It's our circumstance. It's the plans that God has for us. It's the it's <clears throat> the God has given all of us giftings, right? That's what it says in scripture. Some teachers, some are prophets, some are right. So the universal will some will be teachers, some will be prophets, some will, okay. Let's take the teacher, okay. The universal will is that we're all gifted. The unique will is maybe you're a teacher. But even within that, what are you teaching? Where are you teaching? Are you teaching in the church? Are you teaching in the public? Are you teaching at university? Are you teaching your grandchildren? Okay, let's say you're an employed teacher, all right? Are you teaching history? Are you teaching science? Are you teaching um, Sunday school? The specifics. The specifics. So we hear oftentimes, okay, you're going to be a teacher, all right? Everyone tells us that we're just a phenomenal teacher, we're going to be a teacher. So then, all right, Lord. I'm going to be a teacher. I've heard it enough. That's your unique will for me. Where do I teach? What do I need to do? What What's my area of focus? I don't know that it matters to God. 
You know, so his 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 universal will has given us the giftings. All right, his universal will has given us the giftings. The unique will, we have a lot more latitude. Does that make more sense? You know, so his universal will, his universal truth, that none should perish, right? But the unique truth is there's lots that choose to not accept him. His universal will is that none should perish. But some do. Joe, you had your hand up and then... Yeah, I was going to say that... uh, um, in speaking with that, I had the person that um, I was in a relationship with at work, and he used to be um, a Christian. And he was, from what I understand, he was very deep in the faith. And his sister came down with brain cancer. Mm-hmm. And so the church rallied around, they had ongoing vigils, um, they were believing God for the brain cancer to be healed, and it wasn't. She got And at that point, he came to the conclusion that all of Christianity was fake. Because if healing was really ours, and if we prayed the prayer of faith, and it would lift that person up, and it was very close to the sister. And so he's now gone the total opposite. He can't stand anything to do with Christianity, don't mention Jesus in his sight. He's very angry at God. Now he he is staunchly anti-Christian. He goes after Christians. Um, And that brings me back to that point. I I like what what you said in terms of his universal will. The reality is that there are some things that God does that we're not on a level that we can understand. Mm -hmm. And we do the best we can, we follow scripture, we, we do those things that we believe the word has said to us. Right? Sometimes it works out that way, and sometimes it doesn't. Right? And it comes down to two things, to me when I look at it. It comes down to faith and trust. Because they're just like in his life, and I'm sure in our lives, things have happened and we prayed real hard and we've gotten on the phone and we've asked everybody to pray and we've all prayed and we stand, stood in faith and we did all that, right? And it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Or what we thought it would work. At the end of the day, I believe what God says is because he says my ways are higher than your ways. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, <clears throat> There are going to be prayers like, we're going to come to the Lord and go, you know what, Lord? I thought for sure this was going to be in your will. I prayed. I got the church together to pray. I gave alms. I did I did all that. Right? And that thing did not work out. It didn't happen. 
right? But at the end of the day, three things I know. One, that you're still good, right? Two, is that no matter what happens, your word says I have to, I have, to have faith in you. Mm -hmm. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Mm -hmm. So whatever happens, good, bad, whatever, I gotta have faith that you're God and you work all these things out. Mm -hmm. And thirdly, I gotta trust you. Because from my earthly position, and from even what I open up and I read in the Word, all this should have worked. All this should have, all this should have worked. Mm -hmm. It should have worked, and it did. Okay, because if we're not in that place, right? If we don't get to that place, then what happens is what happens to my coworker at work because he wasn't at that place. Although he said he was, you know, and I'm not, I, I can't, you know, I wasn't there. Right. And so from the from the guy, he's a guy of conviction. So I, I to me, he truly was a Christian and he truly was in faith and he truly was going after that thing for his sister because he loved his sister and he knew that that was a loving God and how can a loving God take my okay. sister? You know, because this is my, you know, this is my sister. How can he do that? Right? You don't get to those places. But he got to that place. Right? And it was like, this just doesn't add up. So the only conclusion that I can come to is there is no God and God is not real and all the stuff that I've been going through is funny. Which is a lie. Didn't match up to his blueprint, and it's a lie. I think when we think of when we hear the will of God, though, all we think of is good. God is good, but that's all we think of, and we don't look at what you're talking about—the universal part of it. Because at the time of losing a daughter, it's not—I can't say that that's God's will. And, and it's not good you know, that you lost your daughter. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. That's where people, I think they just, the will of God is just great. That's what's in my mind. That's the will of God. It's got to be good. Yeah, down the line, when you get an understanding, a person that don't have an understanding, that, and we know that all things work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose, when we get an understanding of that, then I know his will may be this trial and tribulation that comes later. And, 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 and I think that's the thing that, you know, when it comes down to, I, I learned there was a time where I would not go to God angry. Because of what I was taught. What someone told me how I should be. But God wants me to come just as I am. God knew you were angry. Everything, but it wasn't for God, it was for me. That's right, that's right. And I got an understanding of that and I'm freer because of that. Amen. But if I don't have that understanding and every time I hear the will of God, the will of God, if it don't turn out to that blueprint I am, it ain't the will of God. That's and true. that's where people that's where we get stuck. Yeah. That's where we get stuck. Yeah. That's where we get stuck. Paul? Uh, God is good. Um, I love you. Oh my God. Every time, brother, you open your mouth, 
Good truth. Yeah. Um, God will. When you when you really boil things down, you got to go into Old Testament. The first couple of chapters of that entire book, fruitful and multiply, subdue the earth, so on and so forth, right? When did death and illness come into the earth? When we fell, when we were disobedient to him, that's when death and sickness and violence and all that other stuff came into the world. God gives us free will. Thank you. I blow it more often than not. Uh, my free will hurts my wife. It hurts my friends. My free will, <coughs> somebody's free will, Johnny, took you to heart. I don't believe it was God's will oh, that your daughter passed. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus comes that we may have life and life more abundant. Linda, your friend, the enemy, took her life. Jesus gave her six months of beauty and testimony that we can look at and say, wow, that was somebody that gets it. Uh, <laughs> Satan is the murderer. And he is the one that brings disease. All because we said yes to Satan rather than yes to God's will in the garden. Uh, I agree. But he turned it all to good. I agree with you. <clears throat> and at the same time, I'm reminded of Lazarus. <laughs> Lazarus died. Did Satan cause that death? Or was that death allowed to happen for the testimony that you can be risen? You know? So, I mean, we're sitting here and trying to justify, rationalize, and reason out why bad things happen. And we can't. We can't. What did I read? Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us. I don't know why Lazarus had to die. I don't know why Johnny and Renee's son died. I don't know why, you know, your friend died. I don't know any of those. I don't know whether or not it was it was Satan and sin that caused that, or whether it was because God allowed it for a greater... Why did Jesus have to die? Okay? I mean, was that Satan that caused Jesus to die? We can maybe say, okay, fine, it was sin and it was lying, and you know, but no, it was God's choice that He Himself would sacrifice. You know, but it's His choice based on our choice to. But but you know what I'm saying is that is that we have to recognize that part of our daily life, part of my daily life, is to rationalize and reason. And either blame it on Satan or blame it on God or blame it on my own choices. And I think for me, as I'm just talking now, this is not something that I've come before. I don't think that matters. I don't think the why matters. Why did this happen? Why, why didn't I get the job? Why didn't I? Is it your choice or is it my choice? I don't know that that matters. If we're walking in the truth of God's word, do I believe? in the Lord Jesus Christ. Do I believe that? Am I thankful in spite of? Okay? 
Am I thankful in spite of? Am I abstaining from those things that I know definitely wrong, don't do, okay? Then it doesn't matter the why. Because in those circumstances, regardless of what happens, God's will will be done. And as you, you deal with that, am I coming to the Lord, as John shared so vulnerably, in the truth of where I am right now? Mm-hmm. And it's late, you know, I, I don't like that decision. Am I willing to even go to him and just present that yeah. so that he can walk me through it? Can you make your point, David, and then pray us out? Thank you. Speaking of Job, and yes, the story is Satan went to God and I'm going to test this person and I'm going to inflict all these things on him. Um, and thinking of all the stuff we've talked about here, we think of blessings as being a, a, always good. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're just hard. Sometimes they involve the death of a parent or a friend. But that doesn't mean they're still not blessings. God uses all these tragic things to shape us and to make us who we are. And he uses those things. And just like with Job, he used Job through all of that ugly stuff that he went through and restored him because he remained faithful. Mm-hmm. And those things, maybe at the time they weren't blessings, but in the end they were blessings mm-hmm. because they made him who he was more like Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe the our unique will God's unique will ultimately that's its purpose is to make us more like Christ that's it's right not blessing because we think of them only being good or following our blueprint you know like Johnny said it's his unique will is to make us more like him and like Paul said some things are just not that his unique will has a lot of custom options you know, really sure. sometimes even the blessings that are good they come with responsibility. Mm-hmm. So we can't, I mean, even though they're good, we have to be good stewards over those blessings that we receive. Sometimes. We take care of this. <laughs> sometimes. That's very true. That's very true. That's very true. Some, sometimes blessings are also curses. Sometimes blessings are also curses. Okay? I got that new pro- I got that new promotion at work. I got it. So now I have to work 80 hours a week. Now I got to work 80 hours a week because I got that responsibility and I got to cover it. So what's happening? Now my family's going by the wayside. My kids are going by the wayside. and I don't have anything but a fattened waistline because I got no time to eat anything decent. Okay, but it's a blessing because my bank account's bigger. Were you talking with a blessing and trying to be a curse? And that's why we have to be careful when we ask that's why at the end of the day, right, it's about trust and it's about faith. Because yep. I can be praying for something that looks good, sounds good, smells good, but it is totally out of the will of God. Yep. And so for me, it kind of might not be for anybody else, but for me, I'm always going to pray, Lord, let your will be done. Because I'm not smart enough, good enough, gifted enough to pray, because I've prayed for many years for stuff. 
And I got it, and I said, Lord, why did I pray for that? <laughs> so from now on, I'm praying, God, whatever your will is, because at the end of the day, I know if your will is going to be done, it's going to be good. Because I'm not going to rely on myself to pray. Because I've been there, done that. Now, that doesn't mean I won't pray for healing and pray for all that sure, other stuff. Sure, sure, sure. But at the end of the day, I want his will to be done above all else. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right, David, I'm going to have you pray this still. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this time together and this group of people and the words that you have spoken through Jesus came on to I'm sure he hadn't spoken. Lord, I, I thank you, Lord, that you are so amazing and complicated and, and so far above our knowledge of understanding what we're able to comprehend and understand. I thank you, Lord, that you use all of the things that happen in our lives, whether they're created from our poor choices, whether they're brought to test us, whether they're brought from sinful behavior. But you take all of these kinds of things, Lord, and you turn them around and you use them to make us more like you, ultimately. And you use them for our own benefit in this life. Lord, help us to go forward this week Help us to think upon your will, globally, universally, and our own unique will, Lord, for our lives. Thank you for this time, Lord. In your name we pray. Have a great week. Don't